0: Hello there, everybody, and welcome to the Batball Podcast. Now, today we are here for episode 61. 61 episodes in. I'm sorry for uh, not being active recently, you know, how I was meant to be. Um, and I just want to say that I am back now. It's been a crazy few weeks. Prom planning with promise tomorrow, if you are listening on the 19th of July, tomorrow, and my birthday is in eight days. So uh, if you're listening on my birthday, then. Um, i think it's a bit late to send me a present no i'm kidding um but today we're going to be talking about some cool cool stuff and nothing about prom on my birthday other than i do really like buenos so if you want to send me a bueno in the post you know send it to the vic hotel um if if you want so but yeah um today's episode well what's so special about this week I'm sure you can all guess, if you live in the UK, that today is what they call Freedom Day. Freedom Day. Uh, The day when most restrictions are lifted. And I say most, I mean most. Um, and, And that's whether it be nightclubs opening or limited numbers inside and outside or not having to wear masks in certain settings. Although I think Transport for London have still got it in place alongside a few of the places. And, uh, and some, you know, companies and, and also if you're a doctor, you'll still have to wear your mask and stuff in the wards, of course, you know, because you're in a, a place where possibly be, well, there will be rather most likely will be vulnerable people. So it's quite, it's been quite a good, good week in terms of, you know, we're going to get out of the restrictions, but obviously there is an understandable um, bit of worry and concern. So I wanted to kind of share my opinions, my my evidence-based opinions on on the whole situation. Today, we're we're lifting those restrictions and obviously people are gathering at huge amounts. You know, I've seen videos and pictures of people gathering outside nightclubs really early in the morning, about one minute past midnight when they all opened up. Prism in Nottingham apparently had hundreds, possibly thousands of people outside of it waiting to get in. Um, Not hundreds and thousands, rather, I meant hundreds and possibly thousands. Um, And... Well, really, what 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 are we going to do in this situation where we've got so many people gathering? Because surely that means more people will get COVID. Now, of course, when we open up, that's one of the factors that I I would hope, I don't know about this government, I would hope that the government has, has considered, you know, um, and has considered that cases will obviously have an impact on our lives. And not necessarily because covid will put us at more risk or we're going to die of covid because a lot of people have had a vaccination and it's unlikely that you will be hospitalized or die although you might still get ill um because every vaccine is not 100 effective and only one dose is not full protection um so what is the concern then about getting covid if it's not dying or anything like that the concern now is if we want to move on and And see the economy prosper like how Boris Johnson and the government have said that they want it to, and and that being one of the biggest reasons why we would open up um from a setting where there was virtually zero well, that where there was virtually so many restrictions and there was so much restriction on our freedom to all of a sudden being open again. What is the main problem then? Well the main problem is we're going to have a lot of people isolating. You may have heard the term, and I hate the term, pingdemic, because of the amount of people that are being pinged by the NHS app and being told to isolate. It's going to happen. We are in a position now where there is so, so many people, you know, either getting COVID or being around someone with COVID that we're seeing a lot of people get pinged to isolate, which, of course, is unfortunate but why this testing scheme and this pilot scheme that apparently Boris Johnson was going to do before he backed down because of the amount of public uproar. Why hasn't this been spoken about enough? And why aren't regular everyday people getting texts to do this? And, and why haven't we implemented a testing system before this? Because in my opinion, even if it meant delaying even a, a little tiny bit more, and not even for vaccination, we should have had a system in place so that instead of quarantining and isolating, people could just test, and that doesn't count for international arrivals. Um, I, I would say I think the, the traveling side of it should be kept how it is, and it should be more strict, uh, much stricter. So how come, how come we are in that position? Well we're in, still in a position where people are going to isolate. So we're now going to have the problem of not people dying of COVID necessarily, although there might be some higher admissions, only time will tell. We've now got the problem of, well, hold on a second, 3 million people are, are going to be isolating. And this is just not an actual statistic. It's just an example. Well, hold on, Boris. Well, 3 million people are isolating out of the total population. What are we going to do? Because corner shops, you know, um, even even some council services in, in NG9 were um, you know, in a bit of trouble because some of the staff were were isolating them after being in contact with someone or either had covid so crucial services that we need were being stopped because of the fact that people might have covid uh, and people need to isolate um, and, and obviously i know that they're saying that doctors might not need to if they're double vaccinated but even then you know if hospitals can go on that's great But then there's all the other services the police departments the fire departments we need to find a way of testing everybody that has you know been in contact with someone with covid and and get them into a position where they can just test and not have to isolate because the economic damage of having to shut businesses and then reopen them and then shut them again because of this is worse than being in a lockdown so how do we get around that daily testing And I think the government should implement that as fast as they possibly can, because we haven't got time to waste. And on another note, vaccination, vaccination. It's it's a it's a very kind of controversial subject that I've I've tried to shy away from in terms of my personal opinion and strong opinions about it. But I'm going to say it out loud now vaccinations should not be mandated. They should not be mandatory. You shouldn't be forced to have a vaccine at all. And before somebody comes with the whole, oh, you're an anti-vaxxer? No. You have the right as a human being, as a human being, to choose whether to have a vaccination or not in this country. And I I believe it was actually, it was something to do with um, after the World War where they implemented this rule. So now tell me, why in America, and this is in America, I don't know the situation in the UK, but in America, your employee, your employer, sorry, can mandate a vaccination and, and you have to abide by that. Otherwise, you could lose your job. And the worst thing is, you can't sue your employer for doing that. So if you don't want the vaccination... Uh, as you feel you know maybe you're a bit maybe you're a bit concerned because you know what i mean that this vaccine usually vaccines take 20 years to you know 10 to 20 years to to approve and stuff and this has obviously been emergency authorized not approved authorized um but it is it is safe there is lots of tests being conducted and there's been lots of tests being conducted before it was released and uh, and, and publicized because it has to be so it has to be authorized otherwise we're going to be in this situation for a long time and there is a lot of evidence to back that it is very safe. But my problem is, and I was having this discussion with someone not too long ago, in fact earlier today, while sitting and having a drink, I said to them, we wouldn't need to mandate vaccinations, or America wouldn't need to va- mandate vaccinations, if they trusted their governments and scientists enough. So there lies your problem. Unfortunately, you can't separate politics from health. Because people want to trust the government, but they can't. And if the government is the ones encouraging them to get a the vaccine, they're going to say, well, why would we trust the government? Why would we trust the government that tell us to get vaccines when we can't trust them to do anything else? And there lies the problem, and then you get unvaccinated people, and there's no point of even having a vaccination programme, because you need at least 95% of the world population to have a vaccine in order for herd immunity to properly work. So that's around 7.4 billion people, meaning that approximately... 7.9, um, uh, sorry, 500, 400 to 500 million people would still need that crucial second vaccination or a vaccination as a whole. So there lies your problem. If you can't trust your government and you can't trust your scientists, who do you trust? And that's when it comes down to big pharmaceutical companies. Not many people will trust them if they don't even trust the scientists or the government. So therefore, Note that you're not going to take the vaccine. So that's another problem we've got. But mandatory vaccination is not the way. Because if you force someone to have a vaccine they don't want, they're not going to trust you as much. And also, they're going to, there's probably going to be riots and people will be very unhappy. And another thing is that, and although I will say this, vaccines are very safe, companies that produce the vaccines, so Pfizer and Moderna in the USA, they have been by the by uh, the federal government have been granted exemption uh, sorry they will not be liable for anything bad that happens to somebody after having a vaccination now although it's very rare for anything bad to happen after having a vaccination whether it be single dose or double dose they aren't liable for it they aren't liable for it so let's say for example in a very rare instance you um suffer and every vaccine will have damage you know, people will be damaged by a vaccine. Um, it's possible that, you know, it's it is, it is very possible that some people can get ill with other um, issues um, because of vaccinations, etc. But it's very, very rare. But if it is rare, why aren't the companies liable? If it's that rare, why aren't the companies liable? And, uh, and, and this, this is something that I'm, I'm very worried about very very worried about um and because I, I think they should be liable for it they are making billions and billions of pounds off us and probably from taxpayers money which is paying for the vaccine yet they aren't liable for any damages caused so although the damages may be rare there, there will probably still be damages somewhere so that's that's completely wrong but in all honesty i don't agree with america at all in terms of this and also joe biden so I did I did a podcast yesterday for about half an hour before the app on Anchor didn't actually allow me to upload it. So thanks a lot, Anchor. I've I've liked you a lot, but yesterday you you ruined you ruined my day. But why why would I be against Joe Biden, you may ask? Well, I've seen a lot of people defending Palestine, as I, th- I think they rightfully should. Um against what the israeli people have uh, not necessarily the israeli people but the israeli military and government have done and also some israeli people have done to the palestinians over the years and also recently and joe biden you can't claim to want peace and support joe biden this good people loving democrat who's so inclusive and loves everyone and you can be whatever you want in america as long as you support joe but then also claim to be against Israel and uh, against their treatment of Palestine. I'll play you a clip very, very quickly of something that Joe Biden said um, many, quite a few years ago now. And, um, and it was a very interesting thing to say. In fact, here you go, Look, listen to this. The Middle East. <laughs> I think it's about time we stop those of us who support, as most of us do, Israel and this body. We're apologising for our support for Israel. There's no apology to be made, none. It is the best three billion dollar investment we make. Were there not an Israel, the United States of America would have to invent an Israel to protect her interest in the region. The United. Oh wait, sorry. There's a little bit more. Sorry, sorry. States would have to go out and invent an Israel. So what you've just heard Joe Biden say, yet the real Joe Biden, the fun, lovable man that you all voted in, (coughs) bless me, um, you've just heard him say that Israel is the best $3 billion investment that the US has ever made. And that without Israel, they'd have to invent an Israel, basically saying that they would invade somewhere in order to keep the American um, agenda going. And I'm not a big fat, you know, lefty or somewhat an anti-American. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, I like America. I'm, I'm glad that they're our allies. But that is wrong. Joe Biden, you know, you can't claim to support Palestine, but then also support Joe Biden. You can't. Because Joe Biden has just said that. Just, he's just defended killing innocent people. And he's also defending the fact that America pays for it. But yet you still can't come up with the same excuse. Oh, yeah, well, he's better than Trump. And there lies the problem. Trump served the full term in office. And this is not me saying that Trump is better. He served the full term in office and you're already comparing him to Joe Biden, who's only been there for less than a year. Okay. Another thing. Donald Trump may have defended israel which is also awful but but people will go oh but Donald trump's such an evil man such an evil man look at him supporting israel when joe biden does it oh nobody talks about it because the media is biased for joe biden majority of media So my question to everybody here would be, if you really like Joe Biden that much and can honestly defend that video of him saying that, fair play to you. But you're going to struggle doing it. There is not a single way, in my honest opinion, you can defend what Joe Biden has just said. Not a single way. And if you do manage to do it. How will you do it? How? How will you go about it? Because you'll probably end up using the same excuse that everybody else does. Better than Trump. Not as racist apparently you can look back at some of the things that he says like i'm pretty sure that the stop and search law which he introduced um which you know uh which is the source of a lot of racial abuse for young black people and being searched for no reason something he introduced um you which you can all search up i'm not 100 sure on that it might be a separate podcast but don't please don't preach to me when you say to me i love palestine the free palestine free palestine and then you go oh joe biden we love you joe why the guy defends israel and says that it's the best investment they've ever made and by the way that video was probably in the 80s or the 90s so that investment is probably way more way more and it's probably plunged into the defense ministry in israel so if you can from what i've said today if you defend mandatory vaccination if you defend the exemption from liability for big pharmaceutical companies for any damage that they cause, which very rare damage, but even though they're not liable for it anyway. If you can defend that quote that Joe Biden made, which I have showed you and you can happily skip back. And if you can support Palestine and still support Joe Biden, I don't know how you do it. Your opinion is your opinion and therefore your choice is your choice. We live in a society where people have a choice all the time, all the time and making vaccines mandatory is not the way forward. You should always have that choice and you're in a free country and you should be able to do that. So that's not an anti-vaccine, um, you know, thing in any way, shape or form. I'm fully for the vaccine. If I could get the vaccine, I definitely would if needed. Um, but it shouldn't be mandatory we should trust our um, government officials enough and the people telling us to get it enough to not make to not force people to have it so there you go that's my opinion on it so let me know what you think about this whole podcast anyway because this podcast is something i wanted to talk about for a while and a bit more depth with a bit more research behind it so if you're interested in this podcast send me any questions send me in your questions because i'll happily answer your questions i'll happily give my opinion and even if you want to come and talk with me on this podcast please do and another important message that i'd like to add um, is that there is a difference between cases and the rate of infection something that people are constantly getting mixed up and as someone actually had a go at me for it and said that i was the one spreading something that wasn't true saying that i need to look up my facts so Actually, the number of cases or the number of people infected with COVID in the UK is around 48,000 to 50,000 a day currently. And, you know, with however many deaths, maybe 40 50. So, and don't, by the way, don't take my my word for that because I haven't seen today's numbers at all. So, therefore, there's this thing called the R rate. R means rate of infection, and that's the, yeah, of course, the Infection like rate of infection, not the infection rate, right? The rate of infection means oh well yeah, the infection rate, whatever you want to call it. If the infection rate rate of infection, sorry, was 1.2 to 1.5 last week, meaning that one person infected will go into infect between 1.2 and 1.5 people. This week it lowered from 1.5 1.2 to 1.5 to 1.2 to 1.4. Therefore, every person infected will go on to be infect between 1.2 and 1.4 people. Now, if the R-rate is rising, which is actually not, the English average is going down. If it's rising, it means that the outbreak is progressing and it's getting more. And it's growing. And if the R-rate is lowering, like it has in England recently, it means that the outbreak is, is, is slowing. Now, of course, cases are still going up, but it is very possible that actually the outbreak could be slowing. It's, it's possible. But it's just not so showing clear signs in terms of data when it comes to cases. So therefore, we now have to wait. But remember, our rate is not cases. It's how many people one person gone on to infect. So before you claim that I'm fake news and that what I write is wrong, check your own facts first. And remember, if I was talking about cases, I'd say cases, not rate of infection. So, I hope you've all enjoyed listening to today's podcast. By the way, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice, um, but I'm giving evidence off things, uh, giving my opinion on things that are evidence based and that I have looked into and, and researched to a degree. So, thank you all for listening. It's been episode 61 there. We're going to have a guest next week, and I make this promise all the time, but we are going to have a guest next week. Don't quite know who it will be. It might be a group of people, um, or it might not. We will see very, very soon. So thank you all for listening to episode 61 of the Batball Podcast. I'm here with Jay and it's been great speaking and um, I look forward to seeing you all in next week's episode. So thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye.